If you have primary school-aged kids or grandkids, make sure Vision Kids is part of their daily routine. Vision Kids! Vision Kids is a 24-7 online radio stream featuring the ever-popular Adventures in Odyssey. Hi, this is Chris. Welcome to Adventures in Odyssey. Plus other world-class radio dramas, kids' music and friendly voices. G'day, Vision Kids. Vision Kids is streaming now in the Vision app and online at visionkids.org.au. You can also tell your smart speakers to play Vision Kids Radio. If you don't already have the Vision app on your phone or tablet, you can download it for free when you search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Vision Kids. Another way we're helping the whole family look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. There is a glimmer of light on the darkened secular political landscape in Australia and having endured a federal election without a national conservative political party reflecting Christian and family values, a lot of Christians have been disheartened and even angered by the lack of a more focused political presence. But there is an encouraging development. The new look Family First Party It's making a resurgence. They made ripples in the recent South Australian state election and are now setting their sights on impacting the outcomes of the upcoming Victorian state election that's scheduled for the 26th of November. Family First was resurrected by two former Labor ministers in South Australia, Jack Snelling and Tom Kenyon. And now the well-known conservative political activist Lyle Shelton has been appointed the Family First National Director. And it's our privilege to welcome two of these guests today, the Family First Chairman, Tom Kenyon. Welcome along. Hi, Neil. Hey, Tom, the original Family First Party was founded in South Australia by Pastor Andrew Evans. Uh, I know a lot of listeners might be thinking, how close is the resurrected party to the original edition. Uh, no doubt you get faced with that question. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, look, it, it's, it's pretty close, right? So we've, we've got the same... Uh, we've got the backing of the original founders, including Andrew himself, and I've known Andrew from when he was first in Parliament. Uh, Jack and I have both known him that long. Um, and uh, so we've done it with his support and some of the other original founders of the party. Uh, we've got an original board member on the board. Um, obviously, you know, there's obviously little bits and bobs that, that change because of just different personalities. So Jack and I and Deeper all bring our own um, different perspective and Lyle as well to, you know, how that will run. So, you know, there's always those changes within political parties generally. But our foundational values are the same. Our, you know, what we're trying to achieve is the same thing. Like there's no, in that regard, there's no divergence at all from um, from the former family first. We're probably... Um, you know, Bob, when Bob Day was around, he had a slightly um, different view of of economics than what Jack and I would have had, or even deeper, I suspect. Um, but uh, he had much more sort of you know laissez-faire approach to economics than either of any of us would have. But really, that's probably the only major policy difference. But on those fundamental issues of life and values, um, I'd say we haven't changed at all. Just focusing on the history for a few moments here, just reminding listeners where things are at because Family First merged with the Australian Conservatives and 
before the 2019 uh, election uh, or after the 2019 election, the Australian Conservatives uh, was shut down. And uh, potentially here, Family First supporters uh, feeling they're the most hard done by, suffering major loss in all of that. Uh, you have seen a real opportunity here because the brand of Family First was very, very good and very, very strong. Uh, you've got a, a resurgence now that's happening. What sort of uh, what sort of feedback are you getting from people, not just in South Australia, but all over Australia, Tom? Generally, people are very happy to see Family First re-emerged, I mean, especially obviously, some people are not. Obviously, the Greens aren't very happy about it, but that's good. Um, but in general, people who are supporters of ours in the past or still are very happy to see it re-emerge. So, you know, there's definitely a voice. Uh, that whole, well, there's a voice that's needed, that's for sure. I mean, there's a whole, if you look across the political spectrum at the moment, there's been this massive shift and most dramatically in the Liberal Party uh, across the left, but also in the Labor Party. Like, it's not the same party it was when I joined in 1991. Um, so there's been this huge shift in the body politic, across to the left on these social issues. And it's damaging our society. It needs to stop. And until now, there hasn't really been a consistent voice opposing it. Uh, and I, I would like to think that we've galvanised that a little bit. Interesting, as you reflect on what were typically conservative parties, uh, like the Liberals, uh, moving further to the left, this thought of a left-right spectrum uh, the original party, Family First, was considered to be part of the Christian right. Uh, how do you want the party to look into the future, Tom? Well, if you had, to, if I had to describe us on the spectrum, I'd say we're a centre-right party. Um, you know, that puts us to the right of the current parties because they've all moved so far to the left. But, but I'd describe us as a centre-right party. You know, looking for market solutions economically and where they're available, uh, but you know, accepting that in some instances there needs to be a bit of a government safety net. You know, that's our sort of economic view. And then on on the social issues, we haven't moved at all. You know, we believe in marriages between a man and a woman. We believe that abortion is, you know, the killing of a person and is therefore wrong. We believe that euthanasia is, you know, is wrong and, and should be avoided because it opens up society to um, the damage that is caused by people suiciding. On mass, or you know, this is probably not right, but you know, allowing people just to kill themselves whenever they like is not a healthy thing for society. And we spend so much money and effort battling it in every other area, but suddenly, if you're sick and old, we don't want we don't want to hear about it anymore. Um, so you know, all of these things um, we haven't changed. We haven't changed at all. It's every you know, it's really the rest of the the body politic that has moved across to the left. Uh, Lyle Shelton, to bring you back into a conversation like this, uh, part of the Christian right, uh, a centre-right positioning for us, the uh, family first, uh, this sort of fits pretty well with your entire history, doesn't it? Uh, centre-right, uh, are you a, a match made in heaven for your new role as the national director? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I do believe so, Neil. Um, my, my politics initially before... I went to the Australian Christian Lobby um, back in the early 2000s. I was a member of the National Party in Queensland. Uh, many would say that the National Party's economic and social policy views accord with that of the um, of the, the Catholic right of the Australian Labor Party, from where you know Tom and um, Jack come from. So in many ways, we 
we are very closely aligned and uh, it's been very easy for us over the last few months as we've gotten to know each other and started working together in uh, in seeing Family First rebirthed uh, around the country. Uh, it's been quite an exciting uh, collaboration and, and I've really, really enjoyed the process. And um, yeah, the synergy is very, very much there because of those aligned beliefs. Interestingly, Tom, when you have a reformed Conservative Party and uh, those two who get together, Jack Snelling and yourself, coming from a position within the Labor Party in South Australia, um, Labor Party ministers, uh, there's a certain, you know, issue here that some will be thinking is this a good thing or a bad thing because oftentimes Labor Party politics is seen as being left but you were on the right in the Labor Party Uh, what are your thoughts here about this a little more on this spectrum left and right given that you and Jack have come from that left side of politics but now you're leading a centre-right party (laughs) well I think it just shows you how much like things have changed. Is that you know in that you know my view on on life is I haven't really changed my views on on economics or social policy really, and suddenly I'm centre right, you know, and some would describe me as far right. Um, so, you know, I, I always sat very comfortably with family first. I would talk to Andrew and uh, Andrew Evans and um, Dennis, um, oh, crying, no, Dennis Hood, uh, and. Um, and you know even Bob and and we would talk fairly comfortably about uh, all of these things and largely would be in agreement. Um, that has changed. Well, that that agreement hasn't changed. So, you know I still agree with Dennis and and um, and you know and would with Andrew and and others about our positions on these things. What's changed is sort of everybody else. Now the Labor Party's definitely gone further to the left than it used to be, but it didn't used to be like that. I mean if you think back to the Hawke Keating days, which is when I joined, um, you know, it was the Labor Party that was floating the dollar. It was the Labor Party that was deregulating, um, you know, changing the way that IR, the industrial relations system worked to make it more flexible. It was the Labor Party that was opening up the economy to make it more available for trade. So, um, you know, when I joined the party, I was firmly in that centre-right section of the party, which was... Know, in the centre of Australian politics at the time, so um, not much about my views has really changed. What's what's changed is everybody else's perceptions, and because the Labor Party has dragged so far to the left, um, you know, it, it was it was a logical thing for us to step out of it and form Family First over time. But but the key thing here, though, Neil, is not if you're looking at it in terms of parties, it, it's really the wrong way to look at it. You've got to be looking at it in terms of who are the people in politics. Like who are the people in Parliament? Because when it comes to these really critical issues about, you know, gender and um, abortion and euthanasia and and all of these things, it, they're often conscience votes. And when they're conscience votes, it may, what matters is the person who's in there, not what party they're in. So judging, you know, a Labor Party bad, Liberal Party good, is very damaging because that's what's allowed the Liberal Party to go so far to the left because they think they can't lose. They think they they think they can't lose that Christian conservative vote, and in South Australia they did, and it was catastrophic for them. And so so we've got to show that that vote can be mobile, that we will reward good behaviour from individual members of Parliament rather than um, uh, rather than you know party based um, movements or voting, and that we will reward reward good behaviour uh, and also move away from people who vote badly. And regardless of what party they're from, if, you, if you're still thinking in party terms, 
you've got the wrong stick. You've got the wrong end of the stick. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Two special guests with us, Tom Kenyon, who's the Family First National Chairman, and Lyle Shelton, Family First National Director. Uh, we've only got Tom for a short while. Tom, before we have to farewell you, I want to ask you about the Victorian state election that's coming up. You're in South Australia. South Australia was a tester of the waters, and you made tremendous ripples in the South Australian state election recently. But Victoria's coming up. What are your perceptions for what Family First might do in the Victorian state election? Well, we'll be running uh, candidates, particularly in the upper house, um, and we'll be working with other like-minded parties to get people who are like-minded uh, elected to the parliament. So it's critical that um, people follow the how to vote card because we will be um, we will be you know really trying our best to support uh, like-minded parties. So there was a one of the big lessons from South Australia and from the federal election was that. For us, to, if you look at collectively, those freedom slash life parties um, were, you know, collectively around around the country managed somewhere between twelve and sixteen percent in each state. Now that's enough for a senate seat, but because we weren't disciplined in the way we exchanged preferences, we lost the opportunity to have people elected who agree with us. So in the Victorian election, we're really looking for people to support us and then and then follow that how to vote card. Um, that, that's critically important. We'll be running people in lower house seats. Uh, I think we'd very much be interested to hear people who are, who would like to be candidates. Um, and we're of course always looking for new members. So if you'd, you'd like to join up, you can do um, make contact through our website and join up there. And and it's free. You can join up for free, and also um, make contact uh, through the website. So that's what we're looking for to start with: to get people running, get candidates in, and really start to again influence the parliament. Tom, stay with us just for a couple of minutes. Take a call from Adelaide. David is in Adelaide. Uh, David, welcome along. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's jump for joy. Um, that's all I've got to say. The thing is, and the other thing for those of you in the interstate that don't know about Tom Canyon and, and Jack Snelling, Tom was the president of the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship for quite some years. Um, and in that role, I think we had our biggest state prayer breakfast ever while he was, uh, while he was chairman of that. Um, and, and so he, for a long, long time, has given good uh, Christian leadership in the body politic. And, uh, yeah, it, it's really... Um, look, I was so excited last state election to have them on board, and it, it's been a, a true blessing. And I, I just say to my fellow believers around the country, guess get on board because these two fellows um, and, and now with Mr Sheldon on board, mate, that's a, that's a wonderful trio and we can change things. We can change things because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the triune God, the only true God. And if we go out into the marketplace, um, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. David, good thoughts in this. Let me get a response from Tom. Tom, you've got to go in a moment. Tom, your thoughts, just as uh, David is uh, saying very nice things about you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was very kind of David, and I thank him for that. Um, uh, but yes, well, I'm glad he's excited, and, and you know, people should be, because here's an opportunity for us to do some real good. You know, as these elections roll around the country, 
um, we can do some real good and really start to affect the parliament. And, and to build on Wendy's point earlier, it's, it's really important to get involved in politics in some way. And the most basic way of getting involved in politics is really being careful about how you vote. Uh, after that, you can you can ramp it up. You can write. You should write to your politicians. You should email them. You should ring them, um, and you can um, you know you can join a political party. It's another step up. You can run as a candidate. Another step up again. Um, but at the most basic level, the, the the very fundamental level of democracy, we should be very careful about who we vote for. Thanks to David in Adelaide and Tom, you've got to go. Thank you so much for taking some time. This won't be the last time we talk to you, but appreciate uh, your insights today. And as a perhaps a parting note, uh, what are your thoughts as Lyle Shelton takes on this role? Uh, given his long history, uh, what are your thoughts for how Lyle Shelton uh, uh, may be thought of and uh, expected to perform in this new role? Well, I'm really excited to have him on board. It's been a breath of fresh air. He's brought a energy and a drive that's been, you know, that we're, we're really uh, needed, um, you know, especially as we expand nationally. We just needed more people to come on board. And Niles brought, uh, Lyle's brought all of his experience, all of his energy, all of his dedication, and it's been tremendous. Tom Kenyon, thanks so much for taking some time to be a part of this conversation today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. And Lyle Shelton continuing on with us. And I want to just encourage listeners, your opportunity to ask a question today, maybe it's that burning question that you've had all along. Uh, Can we trust a new outfit here under the banner Family First? Uh, 1-800-316-316. You can join in our conversation. Lyle Shelton's continuing on with us. And Lyle, uh, we want to take some calls for listeners. They can help direct where our conversation goes. Uh, Let's take a call from Melinda in Warwick in Queensland. Hi, Melinda. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, Melinda. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm actually really excited that Family First is is coming back. I've been a member of Family First in Queensland, and uh, I've met not, I've actually met Lyle. He, he won't remember me. He's probably met too many people. <laughs> but um, I was really excited when Family First came on the scene, and um, my concern is more on the because um, it sounds to me like they're still pretty much doing what they've always done. Um, but my concern is now um, we've got other parties that have been formed just recently just due to all this stuff that's been going on politically that are very similar to Family First and have very similar um, ideas and ideals and um, it's now a case of what happened before when we had all these different Christian parties and all these different um, parties all doing sort of similar things are we going to end up splitting our votes too much to make a difference or would that be better for us to have the difference? Melinda, you're making Um, an important point here and uh, I can see a number of ways of approaching this, but Lyle, what are your thoughts for Melinda? Yeah, well, Melinda, uh, first of all, thanks for your enthusiasm for Family First reforming and uh, I'll just note that 
during those couple of years where I was uh, involved in the Australian Conservatives um, in my home state of Queensland, uh, Australian Conservatives were supported by so many Family First people who who really got behind the new project. And I think we're all disappointed that it didn't continue after the 2019 election, and um, and I think that's why there's so much excitement now about Family First getting going again. Because I think most of us who are concerned about politics know that we need a centre right, uh, values based minor party and um, there's, there's been a gap there for a couple of years but y- you're right Melinda um, there there has been um, a fragmentation on on this sort of centre-right side of politics but um, I still think that Family First is unique from most of those parties if you look at them very closely a number have formed as a result of concern about um, uh, the uh, vaccine mandates, the, the COVID pandemic issues, um, uh, issues of coercion there. And I think, you know, many of us would share those concerns, but uh, they've been formed specifically in response to those issues. Uh, Family First uh, has concerns around those, but we have a broader focus on economics and social policy. And of course, we are uh, pro-life, one of the only parties in Australia that are pro-life. Um, there's there's not really many at all, apart from probably the Australian Christians over in Western Australia who don't have a national um, uh, presence. Uh, other parties have pro-life individuals in them, but as a, as a party, uh, that's a distinction um, for, for Family First, and, and we are very committed uh, to these social issues. So I, I think we do have a, a unique um, uh, offering, and uh, Look, um, there's going to be other parties in the field, and that's part of the democratic process. But as uh, Tom said, we are talking, particularly in Victoria, where we're facing an election in November, we're in discussion with a number of those groups just to make sure that we don't harm each other's chances, that we make sure the preference flows go and we achieve uh, a result that um, you know the supporters of these um, minor parties would expect. Melinda, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on one 316 In one sense here, Lyle, you could say that the Australian Conservatives was in that effort to unite the fragmented Christian-based parties all together under one. And uh, when it was shut down, uh, that might prove that it's actually more useful to keep a whole bunch of uh, different uh, focuses in Christian uh, policy and politics alive. Any thoughts here as we just come up to the news? Yeah, there's no doubt that was part of um, what what uh, former Liberal Senator Cory Bernardi was trying to do as he left the Liberal Party and formed Australian Conservatives. And I think it was a bold decision by the executive of Family First at the time to to join Cory. He was certainly an outstanding leader and there, there was this unifying so I guess the disappointment was, as, as Melinda and I you know, both feel, is that after the 2019 election, um, it was decided uh, not to continue on with Australian Conservatives. So it left that void. So um, I think you know, that we've now got to re-establish ourselves and rebuild trust uh, with the constituency. And I think we're seeing from your callers and we're certainly seen by uh, the great wave of enthusiasm that um, is coming our way as a result of the rebirthing of Family First, that people want this. They know that uh, the missing piece on the battlefield is a um, is a values based Judeo Christian focused uh, political party that they can vote for and have candidates uh, who can who can take their values forward. 
Lyle Shelton, if we're talking through some issues here, and we'll take some calls in just a few moments, 1-800-316-316, I want to ask you an important question. While we've been talking about where family first sits politically on a spectrum left to right, I know some listeners will be interested in the alignments that family first might have with religious organisations. Any thoughts here that you can uh, fill us in on? Yeah, it's worth... um Reminding people, I guess, going back to Family First Formation almost uh, 20 years ago uh, when uh, Pastor Andrew Evans um, uh, formed it, uh, whilst he was obviously a very strong Christian and a well-respected Christian leader in the nation and still is, uh, he always wanted Family First to be uh, a party that could appeal not just to Christians but to people who shared the values right across the board. So Family First doesn't present as a Christian political party although many of us involved, of course, Tom and uh, myself and uh, and so many others are, are people of faith and it's our right as people of faith, as Christian people, to participate in democracy as citizens. Uh, and we make no apology for wanting to promote Judeo-Christian values, but the party is open to uh, anyone who shares those values and wants to uh, travel with us in that journey to influence Australian politics that way. Lyle, in case there are listeners troubled by the thought uh, that you don't present as a Christian or religious political party, there is tremendous advantage in that because not everyone who wants to support a conservative, uh, family values-based, even Judeo-Christian values-based, is coming from that Christian community. So what what are your thoughts around advantages there? Uh, I think there's tremendous advantages. Um, uh, I mean, we won't compromise on the values that uh, that your listeners heard Tom enunciate earlier. We're, we're pro-life, we're, we're pro-marriage between a man and a woman, we're social conservatives, all of those um, Judeo-Christian values. Uh, we, we, we're rock solid on that. We will not compromise on them. But um, millions of mainstream Australians, uh, whether they're people of faith or not, also share those values. And, of course, we saw that during the 2017 uh, marriage campaign where millions of Australians voted to retain marriage between a man and a woman, and that's way beyond uh, the Christian uh, or religious constituency. So I think the advantages are enormous. I think in politics, of course, it's a numbers game. That's how a democracy works. And I think it's very strategic that Family First is broad enough uh, to appeal to uh, a wider um, cohort of, of our fellow Australians who are also equally concerned with the decline that they see in our nation and want to do something positive to see it turn around. one 316 to join in our conversation. You might have a question for Lyle Shelton about the reformed, resurgent Family First Party. Let's take another call. Eric is in Kalgoorlie in Western Australia. Hi, Eric. Welcome. Oh, good day. Eric, what are your thoughts? Good day, Lyle. Yes, um, just a brief comment, and that is, in uh, as far as the um, voting is concerned, they uh, they don't count any preferences for any of the minor parties. So, the front runners, the two front runners, like Labor and Liberal, um, if somebody votes for the Christian Party or whatever other party, um, and has preferences two, three, four, up to nine, or whatever. Uh, none of those preferences are counted. If your second last preference is for Labor, it'll be a vote for Labor. If your last preference is for Liberal, so uh, whether you know either or either, but your vote will go to the Labor Party or to the Liberal Party. 
even if you've got preferences number two for the Christian party or or whatever other party you'd like. Eric, you're making a good point here, and it's around how those preferences work in our voting system. And ultimately, they'll be one of the big parties that are returned to office. But uh, your thoughts here, Lyle, uh, as Eric's touching on something here, and there's an issue around whether it's worth voting for a Christian party. Yeah, look, Eric makes um, some good points. The whole preferencing system is um, complicated and it has changed in recent years. Uh, sadly, uh, it changed in a way that uh, favours uh, probably the larger minor parties like the Greens, and this was a change that was made under Malcolm Turnbull's prime ministership. So you don't see the preferences flowing all the way down in the way that they used to in the old group voting ticket system. But but nonetheless, it's still not impossible. And of course, we saw Pauline Hanson uh, just scrape back in in uh, Queensland uh, with her minor party, uh, One Nation, um, you know, and, and they still are a, a minor party, even though they've been around for a long time. Uh, but that it doesn't mean there's not opportunities for the likes of Family First, um, if because what we're seeing uh, in Australian politics is that uh, on that, uh, you know, a, a, as you look at the the Senate quotas, um, there, there's six senators from each state elected each uh, election. And uh, we saw Pauline Hanson elected. We saw someone from Clive Palmer's United Australia Party elected in Victoria, uh, again on on fairly you know low um, primary votes, but with preferences, uh, were able to uh, scrape in and take one of those last uh, Senate positions away from uh, you know the uh, you know, Labor, Liberal, and, and Greens typically fill those positions, but uh, we, we do see there's opportunity for um, minor parties like One Nation and like United Australia Party, and, and we'd like to see Family First in that mix. Um, so Eric is right, it is harder, but it's not impossible. Eric, thank you so much for your call. one 316 Let's take another call. Alex is in Melbourne. Hi, Alex. Welcome along. Oh, good morning. Uh, thank you. Um, I just heard, uh, well, heard before uh, Lyle mentioning uh, mandates, regarding vaccines, I'm just wondering how, what, what about places like aged care and um, uh, the hospitals, how would you uh, uh, approach that situation? Lyle? Oh, look, I think um, without any doubt, you know, at the height of the pandemic, um, you know, I've certainly supported the need to have mandates in um, places where there's vulnerable people. Absolutely. Uh, the comment I made about mandates earlier was was more in relation to uh, some perhaps some of the more unreasonable conditions that were placed, particularly on on school teachers and other workers, um, corporations uh, on their people. So, look, it's a vexed debate. Um, but Family First took a position. Um, that uh, the whole issue of vaccination is something of, of choice uh, and it shouldn't be coerced or, or forced. Um, but um, certainly my personal view was, and, and I, you know, I probably shouldn't presume to speak for the party, but certainly um, at the height of the pandemic uh, last year when you had that Delta strain, which, which was quite aggressive, particularly with older people and vulnerable people, uh, I definitely think uh, governments were justified in having uh, mandates on aged care and, and health workers. But I, I note that at the start of this year in Britain, um, they dropped all the mandates from the national, um, from the NHS uh, staff. So, you know, we've seen governments around the world respond uh, as as the pandemic has changed. 
Alex, thanks so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Rabinia is in Bunbury in WA. Hi, Rabinia. Welcome. Good morning. Um, I'm very concerned about these children being taught little boys can be girls and little girls can be taught boys. And the kids at school will be telling each other that you're a girl this week and then you'll be a boy next week. It's going to destroy the next generation and I haven't heard anything about it. People just don't seem to care about it. Rabinia, good thoughts and it ties in with things that are developing around the Victorian state election campaign as well. Uh, Your thoughts for Rabinia Lyle? Yeah, Rabinia, thank you for raising that. Um, This is a really important issue. And, of course, Wendy Francis from uh, the Australian Christian Lobby was talking about a situation in Queensland where internal education department documents are telling teachers to hide from parents uh, a child's desire to change their gender. Uh, Now, that's terrible and alarming, but uh, in Victoria... And, and this is one of the major reasons why Family First is determined to make sure uh, our values are on the ballot paper this election. In Victoria, it's not even an internal secret document. It's on the Victorian Education Department website specifying that uh, teachers uh, must hide from a parent's a child's desire to change its gender if the child does not wish to tell uh, its parents. And uh, in addition, uh, similarly with, with the secret internal Queensland document, uh, the public, <laughs> publicly available on the Victorian Education Department website, it says that schools must uh, allow biological males who identify as girls uh, to be in the toilets of the girls at school, not to put them into unisex toilets, and also that they must be allowed uh, to sleep uh, in the same accommodation on school camps. So, Rabinia, this is um, quite insidious. And, of course, um, in addition, uh, Daniel Andrews, uh, the Victorian Premier, has um, pushed through legislation which now criminalises uh, parents, teachers, <coughs> counsellors, uh, pastors, anyone uh, who who um, has a child come to them and says that they are struggling with their gender identity. And if that parent teacher, counsellor or pastor does not affirm that child in their gender confusion, uh, that person could be put in jail. Uh, It's very, very serious. And this has become model legislation now in New Zealand. And of course, the Liberals in Tasmania and the Liberals in New South Wales are now looking at similar legislation. Uh, It's some of the most alarming uh, uh, legislation I've ever seen in my time as a Christian activist, as a a conservative activist. And uh, Rabinia, this is a huge, huge issue. And you're quite right that the mainstream media are not telling us the truth about what is going on. Rabinia, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's get a focus in on the Victorian state election because as our conversation began to build, uh, the testing of the waters in South Australia and now a focus on the Victorian state election and the thought that Family First is going national again. Uh, very exciting for some listeners. But when we talk about a Christian or, as you say, not a religiously aligned political party, Lyle Shelton, one that's interested in uh, Judeo-Christian foundations and family values, uh, coming into a Victorian setting uh, and then the thought that everybody's going to be trying to uh, somehow rather remove Dan Andrews from his pedestal, 
that also brings into question what is the family first focus on the Liberal opposition as well. So where does family first fit into all of the things that we keep hearing coming out of Victoria? I I think um, there's a real need for family first because we've been let down by not just uh, Dan Andrews with his most anti family anti-freedom uh, government in Australia's history and that's not hyperbole to say that it's just a fact it's um, but uh, sadly the Liberals under Matthew Guy are not that much better um, they were very weak on the so-called gay conversion therapy laws which I, I described uh, in answer to Rabinia's question a moment ago um, they in fact some of the Liberals voted in favour of um, the so-called conversion therapy laws which which uh, jails parents, uh, you know, who are trying to help uh, their own children. Um, some of the Liberals supported that. And and Daniel and Matthew Guy, the Liberal leader, has no intention of uh, unwinding any of that. So it's very, very concerning. I know that uh, many religious people, pastors, um, even, even non-Christian religions are, are worried about their freedom of religion, their freedom of speech. And uh, so it's vital that um, a party like Family First achieves representation in the Victorian upper house. That's really, upper houses are really the only viable opportunity for um, minor parties like ours. But we need to be in the parliament uh, exercising that voice, exercising that influence and um, and relentlessly uh, pursuing the restoration of the freedoms that have been lost as a result of, um, of uh, both parties really drifting towards um, this hard left position. So it'll be an upper house focus in the Victorian state election and uh, both sides. We talk about a very hard left party like the Labor Party under Dan Andrews and under Matthew Guy, the Liberals, a little bit like Labor Party light. Isn't there a lesson that's got to have been learned uh, for conservative parties, Lyle Shelton, that just being Labor light doesn't impress the electorate? Uh, There's an issue there, but it also creates opportunity, doesn't it, for Family First? It absolutely does, Neil, and I think the Liberals have made a big mistake in in drifting off, particularly in Victoria. I mean, in some issues, they're even further to the left than the Labor Party on on, um, uh, energy policy, for instance. Uh, But... I think what we're seeing happen, and you know, Tom touched on this earlier in the discussion, um, we've seen a drift in Australian politics across to the hard left, where even people like uh, Tom and Jack, former Labor ministers in, a, in the South Australian Labor government, find themselves you know, on the centre-right. And what I'm observing is um, Australian politics is run essentially by a quad, uh, and that's a, a Labor you know, modern liberals, supposedly modern liberals, Greens, Teal, Quad, they all believe the same thing on this uh, gender-fluid ideology, which is um, being indoctrinated onto our children, forced onto our children at the moment. Uh, They all believe the same thing on abortion. They all believe in redefining marriage. Uh, They all uh, believe in keeping in place anti-discrimination laws which suppress freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Um, and so th- this quad essentially uh, has a consensus on these key social values issues which are of concern to mainstream Australians and have, are of concern to a Christian and, and even you know people of other religions who share family values and freedom of speech and freedom of religion. So this is why um, I think there's a, a big opportunity for a party like Family First because um, the, the quad that runs Australian politics has vacated the field. 
So Family First enters the battle in Victoria and uh, looking for that upper house seat or multiples. As you say, Lyle Shelton, uh, parents under attack, uh, Christian schools under attack, churches under attack, where pastoral care becomes a criminalised pursuit. Uh, The media tends to remain silent and not actually present any sort of alternative to, as you say, what is being being produced by the Quad. Uh, So uh, are you hoping here uh, that in the coming months uh, you'll be able to cut through and uh, get some media presence that might lead to this resurgence for Family First? Any thoughts here on the process and where the media might sit in all of that? Well, we don't expect the mainstream media to give us any favours. Um, and particularly in Victoria, it's, it's worse than even other parts of the country, although it's terrible everywhere. I mean, the, the media in Victoria just assume that, um, you know, we should be erasing the word mother of forms and having birthing parent on them. If you look at the uh, reporting, particularly in the Melbourne age uh, of that issue, um, which many of your listeners I know will have followed about, a, a, you know, a mother upset that birthing parents had, had had replaced the word mother. That's just what the media uh, believe. Uh, it's hard to for normal people to understand that, but that's how woke they have become. So we don't expect favours from the media, but um, the, the beauty of social media these days, and uh, you know, we're building um, a big digital campaign right as we speak, uh, we can we can go around them and, and through um, outlets like uh, Vision Radio. So it'll be very much you know a below the radar campaign um, we're not looking for the mainstream media to, to give us a leg up but we've got other channels uh, through our facebook page uh, through alternative media outlets through digital marketing and, and that's what we're going to be doing as well as um, grassroots and word of mouth you don't need a huge percentage um, of primary vote in the victorian upper house uh, but with a good preference flow from other uh, minor parties and, and and even perhaps the the Liberal Party itself, uh, we believe uh, we're definitely in with a chance in uh, one of those eight upper house divisions uh, that exist. So um, uh, yeah, we, we, we're very much in it to win it, and um, there's definitely uh, opportunity here, and uh, we don't need the mainstream media. Well, alleged entrenched corruption in the Andrews government. Uh, lots of accusations, uh, lots of reports emerging and all sorts of issues around corruption issues in Victoria. And you've got a Liberal Party that is Labour light and everyone seems to be moving so far left. Opportunity here for a newly reformed uh, Judeo-Christian Family Values Party uh, Lyle Shelton, uh, the opportunity here to get those upper house seats, uh, how confident might you be that a grassroots campaign uh, without mainstream media on board might be successful? It's going to come down to you know, a growing membership and people who are going to be active on behalf of Family First. Isn't that the way it works? Yeah, very much so, Neil. And, and look, um, I don't want to gild the lily here. We are uh, late to the, the party. Um, Family First has only just reformed um, and uh, the election is in November. So there's not many 
uh, months uh, available, but um, we're off to a, a really good start. We've uh, achieved our 500 members, which allowed us to lodge an application with the Victorian Electoral Commission that's currently being processed at the moment. Um, we've got people joining us all the time, and um, we're in the process of building uh, a grassroots on the ground campaign. And uh, there's no doubt, uh, Neil, because of the pressures that uh, particularly people of faith are feeling, and Christian people in particular are feeling uh, about. Uh, their freedoms, um, th there's an appetite and there's a galvanising that's occurring. So, um, look, we are, uh, you know, very confident that um, uh, that by being in this election, uh, there's every opportunity that we could get um, someone elected to that upper house. It, that, that, that is not an unrealistic proposition in the current climate, even without the support of the mainstream media. And, you know, you mentioned the um, alleged unethical culture there. You know, the uh, the independent um, um uh, Commission Against Corruption there, the IBAC, uh, it has found all sorts of, you know, rot in the Victorian government and uh, we want to be there as an ethical voice in the centre-right, um, you know, really shining a light on uh, what is going on in uh, what has become, you know, a very corrupted government. Time's running out, Lyle Shelton. Uh, for listeners today, if they visit the Family First Party website, uh, something that caught my attention was that on the, uh, the link that says about Family First, you've actually got an endorsement there from Andrew Evans, who was the original founder of Family First. How important is it that you've got this link to the past, Andrew Evans, and the strength of the party built on his vision, uh, that uh, listeners today appreciate that there is a real connection to that past and wanting to carry through some of those values of the earlier party. Any thoughts here around uh, culture and tradition and those sorts of things that you are now actually uh, going to be upholding? Yeah, look, it's a real privilege to have that link uh, back to the past, and, and it's a great way to finish off, Neil, because, you know, Tom touched on this, our chairman Tom touched on this at the start of the interview, but Andrew Evans is, uh, for me, he's one of the heroes of the faith in this nation. He led uh, the Assemblies of God Pentecostal movement for uh, about 20 years as the national leader of that. Uh, this was before the Australian Christian Churches he pioneered a very large church, uh, Paradise uh, AOG in South Australia, and then of course finished off uh, an amazing career with um, a couple of terms in the South Australian Parliament. And he pioneered Family First, uh, which saw senators getting elected and saw this vision of trying to have something to counter the toxic influence of the Greens in Australian politics. He saw this get established and, okay, yeah, there was a bit of a hiatus for a few years, uh, but now it's back and um, it very much, you know, carries that history. And um, the reason, you know, Pastor Evans started the party all those years ago uh, hasn't gone away at all. If anything, uh, the need has only intensified and uh, it's wonderful to be uh, continuing that legacy. No doubt you'll be wanting people to join the party. Uh, how important is membership? We're, we're running out of time here, but mm. uh, for people who are listening to our conversation today, thinking family first party, uh, membership, will I give up or give it another try? What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, we'd really encourage people to join. You can go to our website, familyfirstparty.org.au, and particularly Victorians, whilst we have achieved our 500 members to lodge the application, we expect we'll be asked to supply a supplementary list uh, within the next couple of weeks. So if anyone is listening in Victoria, I'd really encourage you to just help us achieve that buffer so that we can get our registration squared away. Uh, so go to the website and under join, 
You can either become a supporter or you can become a member. The choice is yours. Both is free. Uh, as a supporter, you'll receive emails and updates. As a member, uh, well, you're a member of the party and um, that, that gives you, you know, special privileges uh, as part of that. But also, importantly, gives us the ability to uh, be officially registered with the authorities, which, which of course, we need to contest elections. So um, encourage Victorians to join and become members uh, if they can. That would be terrific. There's an opportunity for making a real difference and it can happen today visit the familyfirstparty.org.au familyfirstparty.org.au and uh, National Director Lyle Shelton thank you Lyle for a great update today sharing your thoughts sharing your heart with us today on 2020 thanks so much thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media to find out more about us Go to vision.org.au